podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Sissoko finally waited. Erickson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. I'll be your host today, Sai. We've got some good dudes with me today. Jack, how you doing, fella? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, back, we're going to be in tier three again, unlike you lot. So, yeah, we won't let you out, man. Regardless, <laughs> got a longer sentence, but yeah, otherwise, all right. With some of your takes, you deserve to be locked up. Still. Right, listen, <laughs> I'll get into that. <laughs> Tops, how you doing, brother? Good, bro. Uh, just moving to my new spot today, so all settled in, chilled, happy to be on the pod tonight as well. So. Nice one, nice one. Enjoy that, enjoy that. And last but not least, we've got Ohio. How you doing, bro? Rose, I'm good, I'm good. I feel like this is a, a healthier space than I was in five minutes ago. Uh, for the listeners, I, I was on a rugby social while spectating a rugby social, if anything, and I was I was just seeing things I didn't need to see. Actually, you know what? Let me tell you, I can, this is fairly PG in the eyes of that man, so... I watched this guy, so he snorted two lines of salt. I double-checked, it was salt. And he guzzled him, Jaeger, like Jägermeister. Then he squirted the lemon in his eye. Then he stabbed a Foster's can and drank it out the side. Could we call it danger can? Then he drank two eggs. Like, you know, before you whisk it, it's just two yellow. Oh, and then he drank a Stella Artois through his shoe. And then he was, oh, he did it, like, naked. And that was one man. 
So that was the point where I was like, I should probably go record right now. And I told him, if you're still going, I'll come back. But uh, that was how my evening was going. That sounds like a celebration of yours if we uh, win the Prem. <laughs> <laughs> Made that better now. Yeah, we might bleep that last bit out, but yeah, let's let's keep it moving. Uh, so we've had a busy week uh, so far, and it's only going to get more intense. Uh, so we started the week uh, playing Man City, uh, then Ludogorets in the Europa League, and we're going to move on to Chelsea at the weekend. So it's only right we start in chronological order. Uh, so Spurs Man City, um, big game, basically deciding uh, who was going to take the top spot. Well, to see if we would take the top spot in the Premier League this week. Um, who wants to take us through the lineup? Yeah, I'll take us through. So we had um, Larice in goal. We had um, Aurier right back, Aldevira Dyer centre back, Regulon left back. In the middle, we had, as a two, we had um, Soko and Hoiberg. And in front of them, um, Ndombele. Up front, Kane. On the right, interestingly, Sun. On the left, Bergeron. It was an interesting selection, I think. Before before the game, uh, during our preview, we did speak about potential uh, partners for Sun and Kane up top. And I don't think anyone went with Berwine. Um, Ohio, did you feel like he showed a glimpse of what he's capable of in this game? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think on this pod where um, we have sense, you know, when, when we see someone has ability, which which Bergwijn obviously showed, like as soon as he, as soon as he arrived, he obviously hit the ground running um, against City. So there's probably some poetic justice in him showing some of that ability again. Um I think part part of it was potentially down. Not, I don't want to say Kyle Walker is there to be got at per se because you know he is a he is a, tr- a trophy winning high level right back. But I don't know. I just feel like having Bergwijn potentially on his favoured side. Maybe there was a bit of Jose in thinking, well, everyone thinks I'm going to play Son um, on the on the sorry on the right hand side. You know, let me switch it up a little bit, see if that trips him off a bit. But also, I've sort of noticed that. Um, Cancelo has actually been probably one of big, his bigger threats in recent games from the from the little that I've watched him. You know, City haven't been fantastic, but Cancelo from left back has looked quite good. So I think keeping Son there because um, Son has a lot less. I was just looking through some stats today. I think Son has a lot less um, time spent in our own half. So I think that was also tactical to just have one of our main threats in um, Cancelo's area. But yeah, no. Back to Bergwijn. I think I, I personally was 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 pretty happy with his performance. I wouldn't say he was amazing, but it was a lot better that we than we'd seen against lesser opposition in the Europa League, definitely. So you know, props to Bergwijn. There's there's a couple man in the Spurs fan base, no names, but people tweeting stuff like, "Ah, oh, someone tell me what Bergwijn does without using the word baller or source." I was like, okay, just you know, I, said, I'm, I wish everyone could see everyone's face because we know who they are. And they know who they are. But, you know, it's all good things come to those who wait at the lane. You get me? Stay, I'll stay PC on, on, on that one because I am easily rattled by certain certain uh, stupid opinions. Mm. Um, on, on the flip side, uh, with regards to City's um, lineup, Jose Mourinho was very vocal in the lead-up, uh, mentioning that Sterling was rested, um, whereas a lot of other England players were not. Um, 
Jack, how did you feel about the omission of Sterling from the team sheet, especially considering that one of your least favourite players in Aurier uh, had his position, rightly so, by the way, on that right-hand side? Um, yeah, I mean, we know what Sterling brings. We know that when players like KDB and the David Silvers of the past that have that level of space, he knows exactly where to run into and the, the spaces to... Um, the spaces to pick out to expose the defense. He, you know, he's he's obviously good on the ball as well. We've seen him tear us apart numerous times. We've seen him, well, thank God, uh, Aurier wasn't Carl Norton that time because he would have been absolutely torn a new one, I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, um, that mission was it was strange. Um, definitely, they they obviously ran out of ideas pretty early on. I think in the first quarter of the game, I think they they were pretty relentless, but after that, it fizzled out. And particularly after the disallowed goal, it definitely fizzled out and they just, they lost a lot of belief, I think, and the intensity just dropped. So that dropping of Sterling was a pretty strange decision, I thought, um, considering he was, he was dropped from the England squad or the England 11. So, yeah, I don't know what um, Pep's thinking was, but I think, I think that's down to Pep overthinking things, to be honest, because he tendency does a tendency to do that. That is the general consensus. And I think when, when, when we speak of general consensus, obviously we're very vocal in our love for Tongi and Dombele, no man more so than Tops. Uh, so how, how would you assess his, his game? Because obviously he set up the first goal with a beautiful piece of play. Um, but I'll leave you to wax lyrical about that one. Yeah, you know, like, as, as, we, as we all know, you know, he has been improving... Um, conditioning is getting he's definitely getting there he's playing more and more minutes and he seems to be like a mainstay now in the side um, I feel like it was an interesting like like Jack said it was an interesting decision for Pep to play the team that he does you know he has this thing where he seems to somewhat overthink or like try and do too much with his team and honestly I felt that this wasn't the game for him to try Bernardo in that two with KDB and and Rodri, and to be honest with you, like, and Dombele had Rodri on the ropes, man. He had he had him on the ropes for quite a large part of the game. You often found him missing. You often found him passing in and around him, and it didn't seem to me like in that first half, especially, uh, that Rodri had any clue how to kind of deal with and Dombele, um, Sissoko, and Hoiberg. And obviously, as the ball came into Dombele. For the first goal, you know, he's obviously told them man to head to the shops and obviously allowed the ball over the top to Sun, who made a beautiful out-to-in run um, with just like perfect touch and a finish as well. So things are looking good for Ndombele. I feel like Mourinho now trusts him. I feel like um, he is the player that we always knew he, he always was. Um, I still feel like the conditioning is there, but he is working harder. He's doing a lot more tackling. He's doing a lot more pressing. Um, it's weird. It's just, he's like a shadow of the player that we first saw. Um, and the big thing, I think, as well, is that he's performing in big games. So for him to get that assist against City as well, I mean, it's huge. Huge. Yeah, all, all three of his assists for us have come against Manchester City, which is probably um, the biggest testament to his style of play. If, if, if people are confused at what is so damn good about this guy is A, he's press resistant. B, he can do everything in one or two touches. 
and three, his creativity is probably amongst the best in European football currently for central midfielders. So, um, yeah, I think I think we're all we're all happy and almost relieved to see him performing at the level that he is, um, and obviously him contributing to goals and assists is is going to be vital for a lot of the perceptions to change. Um, one thing that was a little bit less uh, pleasing from the match is obviously Toby Odwerold uh, pulled up injured. Um, there's a lot. After the game, Mourinho did speak on the injury and said that it's not as bad as they initially uh, thought. But how do you see that affecting us in this busy run of games that's about to come up? I think that we're going to miss him, definitely. Um, just, you know, he's for someone who was very uh, visually declining in front of our eyes at, at one stage last season to the point where even though he brought it back a little bit and he got that new contract, some of us are a bit like, mm. I'm not too sure. Um, I think he's come back uh, with a vengeance, not necessarily to the level he was before, but I think that's not not going to be his fault because, you know, physically it's going to be difficult. Um, I think the the way we defend now definitely suits the likes of him and, and Dyer and I, I would say Sanchez, but, you know, we feel how we feel about Sanchez on occasion. Um, but yeah, I think not just this, not just the tangibles of the of the on pitch stuff. I think the 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 experience that he would bring to the defensive line, and I don't know if anyone remembers, but I'd I've when we when we beat Arsenal last and Toby scored the winner, I think I was extra happy because it was Toby. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you could see in his face like how much it meant to him. And I, I don't want to get all yadar about it, but you kind of have to in in some of these games. You you need an extra splash of yadar, which I think Toby would have brought. Um, to some of these big games that are coming up. Um, weirdly enough, and if you told me I'd be saying this a year ago, I I, I, I thought I was smoking, but, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to be, I'm not glad anyone's injured. I'm glad it's not dire. I'm going to say that much. I'm, I'm glad it's not dire. Um, if you had to ask me to choose who I'm going to lose for that game, weirdly, it would be Toby. But, you know, just to touch quickly on Jose's points about, about injury, you know, I think... I'm glad this is where another element of, the, of his shithousery that probably hasn't been spoken about much in, in previous years at other clubs, very good at controlling the narrative around injuries, you know, keep like keeping everyone on the back foot just to guess, oh, is he telling the truth? Is he not? Because remember, I think he said Son was going to be out for how long? Turned up a week and a half later, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah and I think Toby is going to be a loss, but I do think the way we set up defensively and the way other centre-backs are getting a rest and, you know, I don't know how much Rodon's going to play, but I think I think we'll be okay without Toby. You know, if we were playing the high line, I'd, I'd be quite worried, but I think we'll be all right. Uh, and on that, I think um, Hoybia has been absolutely vital in um, in that as well. Um, we know he's been brilliant, but in terms of shielding that back four, being that trustworthy body in those spaces, he's, he's been sensational for us. And um, he's not just been better than we expected. He's genuinely been... Like objectively brilliant for us, and that, that that's why the defense is defensive in the way it has been. Die and Alderweireld have been excellent, and I say credit to credit to them, and also credit to Oibia for that as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's is definitely indicative of the way that we've been playing. Um, the fact that we managed to shut out Man City, we stifled their creativity, we plugged 
pretty much every channel, we stopped two of the best creators in Bernardo and De Bruyne from really creating anything clear-cut. Um, obviously, the disallowed goal caused some controversy, but it wasn't really controversial. It's a handball. Um, that's all there is to say on that one. Um, interestingly enough, though, this win does take us top of the Premier League, uh, which is almost uncharted territory for us, even in previous years where we've, quote-unquote, challenged for the Premier League. We've never led. Um so going into a, a situation that we're not very much used to, how do we feel about being the team setting the pace in the Premier League as opposed to the team chasing? Well, I think, I feel like based on, you know, a lot of what's coming out of Tottenham in terms of um, the players, their comments in some of their interviews and what Mourinho is saying and post-match interviews, it seems like, there's a good mood at Tottenham. It seems like the players seem to be happy. I feel like they're comfortable and they all kind of understand their roles under Mourinho. And everyone's thriving. You know, there isn't, there doesn't seem to be much, too much animosity between people. Um, as you can see from lots of like, the social media stuff they're putting out, you know, everyone seems very comfortable and everyone seems very relaxed. And it feels like, we're all working towards the same goal. You know, um, I feel like maybe under Pochettino, there were times where lots of mixed messages, lots of confused people. Um, maybe they weren't, they, they didn't feel like they were being led or they were being told one thing and then another thing was coming out. Whereas I feel like under Mourinho... What would you say, what would, you say would be an example of that? Um, the, the sort of disjointed messaging versus execution, if you will. Is that is that under Pochettino? Yeah. Um, so maybe there were some times when he was, well, again, I don't know the ins and outs of what's happening between players and coaches, but I feel like maybe there were times that he was maybe saying to some players, okay, I'm going to give you a chance. You're going to do this for me. And then maybe come match day or the week after players, not in the team, players, not even playing, hasn't been given any minutes or even opportunities where Pochettino has the opportunity to maybe, because he, he did this thing where, he had opportunities to sometimes defend a player and instead of defending, he would just take it on, on himself. And whilst that's a good thing, it's also kind of taking away from the fact that there's something that needs to be addressed. And I feel like sometimes players, okay, in an, in an example, I feel like now we have a situation where Ali was, I think he was one of Pochettino's star boys. And I feel like there was lots to say, there's lots to say about Ali being in the team all the time. But because Pochettino was always happy to protect him and he knew that he was always going to be in the team, there was never really questions over whether he was ever going to be good enough to continue playing at the level he was playing. But now I feel like under Mourinho, you have where you have a situation where Mourinho has called him out. He knows the situation. He knows that he has to fight to be back in the team. And you now hope that when he is in, when he is in the team, He's now performing at a level to try and keep his place in the team as opposed to being, okay, well, I don't have, I don't have to really worry about my, about my situation. That's also changed as well, personally, for him because of there's better quality in the team and there's more competition. Um, but I feel like, in my opinion anyway, I feel like there's a bit more clarity with where people are in the squad. And I feel that's probably a good thing 
because if we're all moving towards the same sort of goal, which in my opinion is winning a trophy, finishing as high as we can in the Premier League and performing high in Europe, then if we're all reading off the same page or the same hymn book, then that's a good thing. And obviously us being top of the league at the moment is, you know, where we would, how we would start this sort of process really wouldn't, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think you, you, you made some good points there in terms of uh, the dynamic between manager and squad. I think there, there was a lot of ambiguity at times with Pochettino in terms of we brought players in who really didn't get any sort of minutes. I mean, we brought two guys in wing positions in Enkudu and Njai who never really played any minutes. Uh, Jansen, who got brought in, who never really played any substantial minutes. And there, there was there was a habit of that. I think a lot of that is attributed to Levy in certain instances. Um, it's pretty well documented that there was a little bit of disjointed activity uh, from that sort of a transfer board, if you will. Um, but for me, I think one of the key components is Jose Mourinho has a track record of winning Premier League titles in his second season. It's just that simple. Um, he knows how to construct a title challenge. That has been shown over the course of his career. So going into this season, um, and I know I'm, I'm hosting, but I will get this one off um, before we move on. I felt like that's what we were building towards since the restart. Uh, it was a unique position to be in to have a free four-month break between playing games and just getting to drill into the players. Okay, cool. This is what we expect. We start to see the building blocks in Dyer being our main centre-back, in guys like uh, Aurier's form taking a turn for the better. Even little things like uh, Ben Davis getting given the armband and things like that. These things go a long way in actually building a culture amongst the team that enables us to grow and, and really push on for doing something special with the quote unquote special one. So for me, the signs have been there and, and it's, it's an interesting position to be in, to be top of the league with a fourth of the season played to basically say, all right, cool. Let's see, let's see what the mentality of this squad is really like. Let's see if Spursy still exists, all of that shit. So it is interesting. Um, that leads us on to Ludogretz, funnily enough, because there were some, some comments made about um, some of our squad members, uh, mainly Tanganga, got singled out as not being a centre-back. Lo and behold, Ludogretz, take us through the, uh, the lineup, Jack. Yeah, so we had Joe Hart who started, um, Doherty, uh, Sanchez, as you mentioned, Tanganga. We had Davis as captain, Winkson and Dombele in a pivot uh, with Delhi just in front of them and a front three of Lucas, Bale and Vinicius. And yeah, Tanganga was Tanganga was excellent. Um, I think both our, our, our entire defence was pretty comfortable in that game. I think overall it was a very competent performance and... Um, we were, we were very efficient. I don't think it was a game where we were full of wasted chances or anything like that. We were just very good in front of goal that on that day, and um, we just had we we didn't play to high intensity, which is good, um, especially for Sunday. Um, but also in terms of, you know, whenever we've 
I guess we sh- we know this season we've had to play almost at our best. Like if if we wanted to break down certain teams um, that were sitting back against us, but we were quite comfortable today. I thought um, Vinicius was was brilliant. Um, it was what was it two goals and an assist. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing I think Vinicius does bring, which I really liked, was he runs the channels. We don't normally have that sort of player, that focal point in the middle that runs the channels um, at all. Um, I think Ben Davis at you know at left back or at left centre back, wherever you put him, he he was he was comfortable, but also he always had the out ball in Vinicius to play it through to. And I think um, that's 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 what you need because um, obviously I don't think Ben Davis is, is good on the ball at all. But one step and then I got I got to get the hate in. <laughs> if you make these players system players, if you put them in a system, it's like Jordan Henson at Liverpool at the beginning. He's no one rated him, but if you put him in the right system with the right players around him, you can actually get the best out of them. And I think same with our centre backs and. Dyer and Alderweireld, I don't think they're excellent defenders in their own right. You see them when they play, like when Dyer plays for England or in midfield. Shocking, but when you play them in the right system, it works, and they've been, they've been excellent. And I think, you know, I think the whole squad, not just the first eleven, are starting to buy into that system. And I think it's slowly. It is ludicrous. It is ludicrous. I'm not going to, you know, count my chickens just yet. I think. Delhi played. Delhi had a good, Delhi had a solid game, much better than what he has been in the past couple of seasons. Um, I don't think he was sensational, but he was he was good. Um, Winks, I mean, that goal. Oh, I said for straight off, he did not mean that, and he admitted it. So you can't. <laughs> there's no way of disputing that. He admitted himself. He meant that was a ball to bell, and yeah. Um, but I thought Winks had a very competent game. Um, but again, I'm not going to read into that too much. But he he had a good game. Um, but um, and Dombele. Again, just just a cut above, isn't he? He is, he is just sensational. Um, brilliant. But also one thing I noticed was Bale um, showing a turn of pace, which I was worried about before. I was worried that he didn't have that those kinds of... Or didn't have that... I'm not expecting him to burst for 90 minutes, but occasionally when he does have that ball, when he is left in a situation where he can run at someone, he, he still showed he can't do it. Whether he can do that over the course of the season, we'll see. But positive signs. Yeah, I mean, winning winning four nil in any game is always going to be quite quite pleasing. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways was the difference in tactical setup between the two games between City and uh, Ludogorets. Uh, Ohio, were you pleasantly surprised at obviously the? the sort of attacking nature of, of the side and the way that we controlled the game? Um, I, I think happy is better than, better than pleasantly surprised because like, I'm not being funny. We should be slapping Ludogrets six ways to the Sunday. Like, we, we should have it. Do you know what I mean? But I think I'm, I'm content with the fact that, you know, we, I think we had, what, over 60% possession as we should. And obviously one possession is one thing, execution is another. We slapped four goals you know what I'm saying? Whether Winks, Winks didn't mean it, but it's still, it's still a slap up and for 56 yards or something ridiculous like that. And I think I was probably a bit more content with not letting a single shot on target. Was it? Was there no shots on target or no shots? Was it both? I think it was no shots on target. I think they yeah, ended up yeah. having one. I was quite content with that as well. It was like it was a good game to get um, Tanganga's uh, match fitness up as well. 
Um, yeah, I think I don't think they have any shots and none on target. So there we go. Fact checked. <laughs> so yeah, like I think it was it was a good game for. I want to touch a bit on on um, on Ali in terms of I think his attacking and defensive contribution was 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 pretty decent. I know Owen Hargreaves likes to talk about playing angry and chip on the shoulder. For someone who played a lot of their football in Bayern Munich, he's a lot more Yadar when he speaks than I realised Owen Hargreaves. But, you know, just to talk about Delhi a bit, I think like his his pressing was a lot better. That Again, it's Ludogrets fairs, but play what's in front of you at the end of the day. Um, I think his pressing was a lot better than it had been as of recent. And again, you are one on one hand, you are going to get more space against Gretz, but in, in Delhi's defense, even if the ball didn't always come off, it, he did look to be releasing it that second, second and a half quicker than usual. But more sometimes, sometimes it didn't. Um, I think the, the defending from the front, I was, I know a lot of people, they were talking a lot about, about his um, open goal assist for, uh, for Vinny, for Vinicius. But I think I said on the account, I was more impressed with the, I don't really like this term, but pre-assist for um, for Mora's goal where, you know, I think, I don't know who he pressed with, but, you know, he, he pressed really, really hard uh, at, the, at the end of the final third, got the ball back and just immediately whipped it into Vinicius, whose first touch was, was sensational, to be fair. Like, no, fantastic. The it was superb. Fantastic pass into the end. I think I was a lot more content with that because, you know, I know everyone says what they got to say about the documentary, but that is quite literally what Jose was saying. Like you don't release the ball fast enough. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not you're not incisive enough with your passing. So little things there that was that was a lot more encouraging to see. Do I have a lot of people say, oh, like Chelsea away is, is Ali's game, and he loves Stamford Bridge. Whether he's going to start or not, he probably won't. But yeah, there was there was positives to take defensively and offensively. You know, and like you said, Jack, like seeing when Bale burst, man, I was like, okay, like he can still do it. Like is he, he's got that in the locker still, and then obviously that like Tongi is Tongi was playing flipping five seconds ahead of everyone else last night. He was he was crazy, man. Yeah, for real. I I, I know we we sort of wax lyrical about this guy every time he does something, but I, I think it's warranted at this point. Um, also, Mourinho to be to be fair, um, obviously on. Last week's main pod, uh, Mario touched on pragmatism um, and he very eloquently defined what it is. Um, I was quite pleased because, again, defensive football to me is, isn't this linear thing um, and pragmatic football isn't linear either. Um, so in terms, of, in terms of the way that we're... When I spit bars in a Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Able to adjust to our opposition tops. Um, where do you see that transitioning into a game like Chelsea away? 
how do I see our 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 attack transitioning into you mean so just the way that the way that we're able to sort of adjust our baseline formation and okay. base system to base and tailor it to whatever our opposition is well I feel like first of all this is it almost feels like this is Mourinho's bag like if Mourinho I feel like he's the sort of manager that if he could play big game after big game after big game, he would be happy to do so because he likes to have lots of different approaches for all these type of games based on whoever the personnel he has available to select, but also the team he has to play. So moving forward with, with regards to Chelsea, I feel like it's been a funny one with him because, you know, uh, last season we had two games which were not very good games by his standards and he was very vocal about them against Lampard, uh, both home and away. Um, but this season, we've had obviously just the one cup game where Chelsea, I think, played quite, what I would say was quite a strong team. And we played somewhat a strong team, but we didn't start Kane. There wasn't any Hoiberg. I don't think some played that game as well. And obviously we ended up winning. So I feel like whilst there will be a lot that he will take into account from that game we played um, in the in the EFL Cup I feel like he will definitely take on take into account the way Chelsea have been playing recently Chelsea have been quite free scoring um, they haven't had Havertz but they've been getting um, a lot of their wide players playing well Mount seems to have found a vein of form um, and you know they're doing quite good defensively as well so I feel like this game Mourinho I think will be looking at one-on-one -on -one battles and I think there are some one-on-one -on -one battles in the game that I feel could decide how the game goes. Um, the first one I think that will be uh, very important will be uh, Regulon against Ziyech. I feel that Ziyech is becoming very, very influential for Chelsea. Um, he's doing lots of good things and he's already a very, very good player. We, we already know that. Very technically gifted and he can pull off something special. And Regulon has had a very somewhat up-and-down start of the season. But last week was one of the first weekends I looked at him and I said, OK, this is a top, top player. He really, he really reduced all Maris could do on, on the game in, on Sunday. So I feel like that will be a very, very key point as to how it goes. I feel like um, another game that's kind of a, another battle that I think is very important is Kante against Ndombele. I feel like Kante has started the season also very well and he seems to have adapted in that um role that he's been playing for Chelsea uh, in front of the back four. Whilst again, Ndombele, he seems to perform quite quite happily and quite well in these big games. Um, and Touchwood, I mean, we would want him to, to get the better of, of Kante, however easy or hard that may seem. Um, and another one I think could be interesting, uh, I think Kane against Silva. I feel like if Silva comes back into the team because he hasn't played the last, last couple, um, he will be made known of the importance and the role that Kane plays in the Tottenham team. And I feel like Kane will understand that there's going to be a lot of people looking to stop him from playing because if they stop him from playing, it will then, it will then basically or effectively kind of slow our sort of style of play. So I feel like in this game, Munoz will take into account how Chelsea have been playing, but I feel he will also take into account a lot of the individual battles that will be needed around the pitch. I feel we will probably continue with the same tactics that we've been playing. And obviously, bar Alderweireld, we'll probably bring in someone else, probably, I'd, I'd say Rodon. 
but arguably, you know, the remaining three, I would say, is probably our best defence moving forward as well. With with regards to uh, the sort of style that we may deploy in this game, obviously it's away and we don't often win away at Stamford Bridge. So if we were to have a slider between Ludogrets and Man City is our two extremes of how we'll go about the game. Um, one being Ludogrets, five being Man City. Whereabouts do you think we'll line up on that scale? Five. Um, we're going we're to Chelsea are in much better form um, they're much more incisive up front than Man City Man City do beat around the bush a bit when in that final third and I think Chelsea have, they've got the quality up there I think ZX he's got a wide, absolute wonder of a left foot we, we've seen that against us you know we, we know what this guy's about and um, we just hope I think we'll probably hope that Vern is still on in the form that he's in because uh, He's not been, he's not set the world about it at all, and um, he's been a bit lightweight, but no, I shouldn't say too much because it, <laughs> but do all bag against us, but um, but yeah, um, we have to, I think they're creative. When I spit bars in a when I go hard, Hello, me here from Touchline Freckers. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. So businesses all over the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient, and that means that every single hire that they have. Is critical. Indeed are the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the right person for your business. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, so you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com forward slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. He's there as well. Um, I think they've been, they've been solid defensively as well. I think we have to let them push and push, push forward, push their players forward, push their fullbacks forward to give us a chance because I think um, under doesn't matter who really plays at centre back. Their, their new coaching system is it Anthony Barry, um, who just joined the club a number of months back. Um, to change to change their backline entirely. The way they defend set pieces is completely different now, as opposed to before he came. And um, they're a much more cohesive unit as a result. And I think Lampard sort of adapted to that now, um, especially after I think the West Brom game where they drew three three. It was like you know what, let's change this up, man. This is this is this ain't working. So, yeah, it's going to be a much tougher game than Man City, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to have to really, really be short up at the back uh, to stand a chance today, um, on Sunday. And Ohio, how, how do you feel we'll line up or approach the game, if you will? Um, I think the boys have covered it quite well. I think we're going to have to be... Like, we were defensively astute against City. We did. There were a couple, you know, one or two 
proper late box that were, you know, quite big. Time. I think one was from, one might have been from Dyer, one from Toby, I believe. Um, but I, again, like I do feel Chelsea's forwards are going to be a bit more incisive in those moments. And, you know, I saw, saw ZH live um, uh, when, when Ajax came to town uh, not uh, two years ago. And just in those moments, he's, he's, he's ballistic. Like, he's actually crazy. And we touched on Reggie on locking down Mara like it was tier three, like it was it was brazy. I don't think Mara has actually completed a take on, to be fair. I think it was four, yeah, it was four four attempts, uh, zero zero take ons completed. I think the the I think I'm not sure you touched on it on the other side. I just I think it'd be interesting to see who Aurier has got a handle. I think he's yeah. been he's been good. I think I don't know if he's if he's been reading the Twitter and just thought, let me show you man something or you know like Aurier Aurier has been. It's always funny. Like I'm in a group chat and I'm pretty sure he listens, so I'm not gonna say his name, but. Anytime Aurea's lined up, he's like, oh, Aurea's going to concede a pen. And I'm like, bro, like, when was the last time you actually saw Aurea do something mad? Obviously, I'm touching exactly. that, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's it's one of those, I think, I know they, there's been a couple of jokes flying about, about Werner being a 100-meter sprinter. But, <laughs> you know, great lines, right? <laughs> great lines. Oh, man. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, in 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 the person's defense, that like, there's only two ever two two ever white guys to ever go under ten seconds for a hundred meters. One of them is German. Like if it was an it was an <laughs> but, you know what I mean. But yeah, I think I think Werner's if Werner plays left wing again. I think that sort of intense directness will be a very interesting task for um for Aurier to deal with. So you know we've gone we've gone through most of the key battles as well. Um, but yeah, and also I don't know what we're going to do on the wings. Like, is Son going to play on the right again? Because Chelsea again do have two very, two very good fullbacks. You know, I think Reese James has been slowly develop, like developing more. Because you know, when he first dropped us, like, oh, like this is the hybrid that we've been asking for, Chelsea wise. And then he had his little dip, and everyone does that thing where they forget how young some of these guys are, and he's just been slowly putting along. Like his delivery. Is crazy. Like a lot of people talk about Trent, like Reese James's delivery is not far behind at all. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I do think that Stamford Bridge, dimension-wise on the pitch, being slightly smaller than White Hart Lane could actually do us a favour in terms of in terms of um, being defensive and shutting them down out wide. Because yeah. you know Chilwell and and like I said, of Reese, very very. If stuff's not popping off in the middle, like they can find them out wide and get really good delivery in and. Tammy Abraham looks hungry. Like I'm, I'm not trying to sound pessimistic. I'm just saying, you know, some of the threats we are actually going to have. So, yeah, I think, I think the pitch size could do us a favour. And I'm just, be, I'm going to be really intrigued to see if Bergwijn gets another start, or to see if he swaps sides and thinks, you know, what I'm going to get Son um, up against Reese James to stop his delivery. But that's not to say Chilwell doesn't have delivery as well. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting one. I, th- I think uh, the lineups in the Europa League tend to be an indicator of like what what we'll see at the weekend. Um, I think we'll we'll basically line up with the same same eleven. There's no real reason not to, especially given the similarities between what we're going to be expected to do in comparison to what we did against City. Um, one of the interesting things is obviously with with that we are going to need to try and isolate one of their fullbacks, and I do feel like it's going to be Reese James that's going to be put to the test a little bit more. Um, obviously, you sort of you sort of know what to expect from Spurs um, in these games. You know that Kane's going to drop off. You know he's going to combine with the likes of Endon Bele 
and he's going to try and find Sun on the, on the break. It's just how we set that up over the course of a game is going to be quite important. It's going to be almost like a boxing boxing match where the counter puncher sort of sets traps for the defend for the uh, other fighter, sort of just slipping and then popping as often as possible. And I mean, we've been we've been devastating doing that. We create, I think it says uh, two point five six chances per game. Uh, which is on the high end, uh, especially compared to Chelsea's 1.44. So obviously they look like loose numbers, but realistically that's just a showcase of our ability to be quite decisive with our attacking actions. We don't dominate possession in the Premier League. We don't play on opposition 18-yard box. We literally look to play play three intricate passes and then release that final ball. So if we can manage to, to do that and play around uh, Chelsea's midfield, I think we'll, we will be devastating against them because there will be a lot of opportunities for us to isolate players in that back four. Um, I think one of, one of the biggest things for me going into Chelsea games is always the rivalry. I think over the last... I want to say since since that goal Aaron Lennon scored um, to finally get us over the hump, that's always felt like the bigger rivalry to me. And I don't know if I'm on an island with that, but any time I go to a live Spurs-Chelsea derby, that for me is when I'm at my most heated and when I'm closest to a scrap, if you will. Um, don't let the pretty face in the glasses fool you like... On match day, it gets a bit anti. So how do you guys feel about this rivalry in comparison to the one that's coming up in another week? Um, For me personally, it's always going to be Arsenal, but that's because I I come from Camden. I'm from an Arsenal area. I'm from, you know, family Arsenal. All my friends are Arsenal. grew up around in school, absolutely getting battered by them 24-7 because they were winning, you know, titles and cups. And we're finishing 13th with Michael Brown in midfield. So, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. It's always going to be Arsenal for me, uh, personally. But I, I get the Chelsea thing. I do, because uh, I, I don't really know many Chelsea fans person, on a personal level. So, it's never going to be as big as Arsenal is. But I see it. I see it in terms of the table and the actual football teams where they are. So, um, themselves, Chelsea are much closer to us than Arsenal are. So, I get that. I would say, for me personally, it's weird. Like, I kind of like put the put the Arsenal one to the back of my mind these days because I spent so much of my life basically not really caring because we probably were going to lose. And I feel like the games that we played against Chelsea in, like, you know, it was in my adult life and in the previous years that have actually meant something are the games that I've actually loved. You know. The games like 2014-15 final at Wembley, we lost. But that that game sticks with, sticks with me so much just because of like how we sort of didn't play. But up to that point, we had a very much a, a chance to win that. Um, Ali scoring the double at home. Um, in, that was a fantastic game. That That's you know, one of my favourite games I've ever been to. Like that, that was that game was phenomenal. Was that was that peak uh, Conte? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah it was P, I was, that was peak content. I remember thinking, because the whole week, everybody was ramping up, because I think it was on a Monday night, wasn't it? Was it Monday night? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking, I have no idea how this game was going to go. And everything that we did that day, to a T, was just perfect. And Ali getting those two goals, I remember thinking, okay, we possibly could do something here. And then even, you know, the battle of the bridge. I mean, I've said it on this pod before, like, I know we went outside, but at least we didn't bitch out in that game, man. Like, and to me, that game showed me certain certain people in our team that they they it it meant more to them than just losing the league. It was it it was what it was against Chelsea. So for me, I, I personally feel now that Chelsea is the game that I look forward to. This this is the team that I want to beat. And I also feel like they are they see us as a team that they want to beat as opposed to Fulham or or Arsenal or West Ham now. Personally anyway. Yeah, weird one. I, th- I think I'm a, I'm a bit in the middle for both, like very similar to Jack. Like, where I'm going to school after North London Derby, yeah. Fam, I used to wake up like, oh, mum, like, I got a headache. So peak, man. So, so peak. Um, I think, I think in my chest, like, I don't, I think I hate Arsenal more than I hate Chelsea. Yeah. But then, the Chelsea game is more important in terms of like our league position because you know no matter what Arsenal fan says like Arsenal never used to chat to us you know what I'm saying we were we were that little we were that short kid that was like four foot ten and they were the six foot four you and they were good us and it was never a ting. They've got the growth spurt and you know what I'm saying they lost a couple of inches and now you realize they were a little man just say it right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the reality. Because no matter what anyone says, yeah, you got your FA Cup here. Yeah, we don't have the FA Cup. That's cool. But the reality of the situation is, you lot used to rock up to Sir Alex Ferguson and that. Like he was, he was your age mate. You know what I'm saying? Now all you can do is, is what? Cut Harry Winks. Like that's all you do. You know what I'm saying? No, man, they, 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 they rival, they rival with uh, Troy Deeney and them man there. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got, yeah. you've got. You've got man like Trudini asking you've got cojones and that. Like that that is now where you are. Like them, them man at the top don't want to chat to you. Do you know what I'm saying? And people can say what they like about us. Okay, we've not won anything, but everyone talks about us anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Joe Joe Willick is their number 10. So and I think the streets are saying that a certain club had their goal of the month as a penalty, but <laughs> I, mean, I need to confirm still. I need to confirm that still. I need to confirm that still. <laughs> Sonic Son- Min has the same amount of goals as your whole club. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> Come on. and that's and that 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 for me is the kicker. Like, me me on a personal note, like my my hatred for Arsenal is like deeply ingrained, right? But as I've gotten older, as as you said, you you start to see the facade in certain men, and that's Arsenal's identity. Chelsea, on the other hand, have this insidious thing about them, whether it's from their flipping war criminal owner or certain man that that played for them in the John Terry's and all of those guys, like they get under my skin. And not only is it like a sort of personal thing, but on pitch, we've seen that that is what brings out the best in our players and sometimes the worst in our players. So for me, it's... 
the thing with rivalry is I do feel like it shifts with generations. Obviously, you still have your A and your B and your C rivals. Shout out to West Ham and them, man. But ultimately, like with with the era that we're in at the minute, this Chelsea game means the most to say a Mourinho. He gets to get one over on his on his apprentice on his old club. Gets to show the fans like, listen, this is why I'm here. I want to beat these lot. I want to win titles. So for me, there's going to be like that, that sort of tension in the air and that electricity that, in all honesty, I haven't felt for the North London derby in a minute because I almost go into those games expecting us to win. And when we don't, I'm sort of like, that was unfortunate. You man are going to say the same thing that you always say, oh, we beat you, oh, St. Tottenham's Day, oh, FA Cup, FA Cup. But realistically, they're looking up to us now. They're looking up to us. Yeah. Better stadium, better manager, better players. The man can sleep, man. Chelsea, for me, is a game we have to win every time we play him because the stakes are higher at the minute. Absolutely, absolutely. I know all that in my head, but it's just it's my heart. I'm a vengeful person, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. When 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 we when we get to the North London derby, I'll, I'll be at my unbearable, uh, smug best, especially if we win. So we'll 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 definitely have the energy for that too. Definitely. Was there anything else you guys felt the need to cover? We've sort of covered all the all the main talking points of this week. No, you know what? It'll be a good game, man. Like. I feel like it's a different kind of test to see. I feel like it will be a different type of opposition for us to face. And the one thing that really pleased me about City was that we know that we've been, we're about to embark on this massive run and lots of different things are happening. Lots of different um, cogs are spinning with this season. And a lot of eyes were on Tottenham and City on Sunday. So for Tottenham to play the way we did and to win the way we did, it kind of made people kind of think, okay, maybe these men aren't to be messed with this season. And I also feel mentally it's good for our players as well, because if they can go into that kind of game against players like Ruben Diaz and Edison and KDB and Jesus, and they come out the other end of it, not, not, not only winning, realising that they played well and won, then that also like backs them and makes them think, okay, then who's the next team that we got to bring smoke to? Who's the next team that we got to try and beat? Because as we kind of slowly build, slowly build this sort of confidence, slowly like, how can I call it? Like, um, as we go down the hill with the snowball, with, as we're generating, as, as we're generating some, some motion, it kind of gets better and better every week. And I feel like games like Sunday would have been perfect for us to play because once we win those games, they're not even thinking about Thursday's games, really. They're just thinking, when can I play the next top opposition? And that's why I feel this will be a perfect time to play Chelsea and hopefully beat them, man. I really, really hope we do. Like, it's important, just not because we can win, but also that we can maintain our, our position at the top. And I think if we do, a lot of teams... A lot of clubs in the league will, will look at us and be like, okay, maybe these men are really on it this season. Just uh, one from me, one or two from me, actually. I don't care for the answer to this question it, at, all, at all. Actually, no, I'll save that one for after. Just want to address something that got brought up on the Discord when uh, 
with me and Topsil holding it down, you know, we were obviously we're un- we're Ndombele FC. You know, if 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 we got the chance to rename the pods, anything it would be Ndombele FC or or that guy Tanga or something like that. Pretty <laughs> pretty guy for a Tanga. That's what I you mean. Know, pretty yeah, man. Pretty fly for a Tanga. I can't wave you though. <laughs> that is wavy still. <laughs> but like you know, obviously me and Tops are like going off, and you know, Tops Tops had to had to say a couple of bars, and you know, people were trying to bat him back, and a lot was said in. I like to say our section of football Twitter, where it's like people. Oh, there's a there's a term there's a term that you say, side that I really like. People of sound mind are aware. <laughs> people of sound mind are, are have been aware of Ndombele. Yeah, he didn't have a great first season, but you could see it in flashes. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So when you know the likes of us are going so hard for him on Discord and going for him on 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 the pod, I, I appreciate some avid touch on listeners are thinking, wait, what? No one said this guy was dead. It's like, guys, you don't see what we've seen in our own fan base. You know I mean? There are men that were literally saying, I don't get what he brings. He's this, he's that, he doesn't do anything. And it's like, did you not see what he was doing to City for Leon effortlessly? Like, did you not see him on debut? Even the bad games he has, he was still moving Mr. Precious just like. So there was this is just for people who who are probably wondering why we're so so gassed over Tongi, it's like there there was genuinely a large section of our fan base that were genuinely like, you know, I'll sell him off, get him for this person, I'd rather he do this or rather he do that. It's like, no, the, a large section of the Spurs, Spurs fan base just don't have the vision, don't have the seasoning in their eyes to understand, like, the kind of talent that we actually have on our hands in it. Like, kids 23, do you know what I mean? It's like, mad. It is crazy, mad. crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. A master's degree at uni. Like when you when you really deep it, like the kid is nuts. You know. So that's that was just for the people wondering why you know we're, we're back in back in Tongi so hard. Um, um, it's not just. I don't think it's just. It is what you said about they don't have the vision. But I also think there's other reasons. Maybe probably won't get into. But um, yeah, place for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's definitely we'll say, other reasons. We we'll say the real, the real and raw talk for the Discord <laughs> <laughs> on why, why, why the hatred is 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 there for no real footballing reason whatsoever. Other players of other um, parts of the world would have probably got more of a chance, but yeah, exactly right. And then the last, the last thing for me, like I said, I was alluding to the I, I generally don't give a shit about this answer, but. Spurs fan base always gets a bit interesting. Like when there's nothing to complain about, they say something new, or other fans start asking questions that we don't really care for. So I've noticed a couple of people saying that Son is more important than Harry Kane at the moment. Oh. <laughs> I saw it and was like, "Why is what, what? What are you trying to gain from this conversation? Like we're not. Like, it's not one or the other." You know, because because I, I know United fans like to do Martial versus Rashford for some reason, you know. But I just I'm just like I don't I don't get why you want to have this conversation. Like they're both class. Like what would what, why do you ask these things? What do you want? So present to you boys. If you have to start only one, who's starting? Harry Kane or Son Heung Min? Some might end up at left wing back for me still. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, it might, it might end up at left wing back against Chelsea, and we know how that went last time. So. Yeah, that went dark. 
You know what I mean? It's just it was just such a stupid question. Was, so, that, was that from our fans or some someone else? I think I was so enraged that I didn't even check the AV out of the app. I was just vexed. Oh, it's usually um, other fans. They always they did that when um, Kane got injured. Was it early 2019? It, it was when when we, we when yeah it was when Son was scoring a few goals and it's like, oh he's more important. Than Kane. Kane. <laughs> People don't want the thing is we're not as televised as as the other big teams and it's like you don't what you clearly don't watch us. You're just proving it. You know the people that are surprised that Harry Kane's passing ability. It's like where have you been for the past five years? <laughs> They, they watch our pockets more than they watch our games. That's the trust me. Trust we'll, me. We'll, definitely, we'll get that. We'll get into that uh, probably next week. Uh, we'll, we'll do do a little bit of a talk about our finances uh, from this past year and stuff. Um, but yeah, today's been great, lads. Uh, obviously, big game at the weekend. So uh, everyone keep it locked to the socials. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spurs underscore touchline. And also join the Discord. Um, we're going to try and get a lot more representation for us on there, especially in the coming weeks. Uh, so the Discord live should have uh, Tops and Ohio on this week. Uh, and next week, or whenever the North London derby is, I think it is next week, um, I'm going to try and chime in again. And uh, maybe, maybe not monologue, but definitely put my five or six pence in. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, keep it locked, guys. And, uh, again, for you guys, pleasure as always chatting to you. Um, and, yeah, come on, you Spurs. Nice one. Oh, and last, last thing, as as Sai always likes to say in regards to Chelsea, fuck a minute. Fuck a minute. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> Bless up, lads. Nice. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal! On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.